Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you want to know a surprising fact about me? Simon Miller here over on What Culture Wrestling. I once defeated Brock Lesnar. I mean, I was dreaming, I was asleep, and I was also at WrestleMania, and I became the champion. But a win is a win, my friends, and I'm claiming it. Back in the real world, though, there are a bunch of wrestlers who actually did defeat Brockus Lesnar, to the point when I tell you their names, you will be like, shut up, you bored asshole. There's no way that's true, but actually, it is. So sit down and prepare yourself, because yes, here are 10 wrestlers who you ain't ever gonna believe defeated the beast. Number 10, Billy Gunn. When Brock Lesnar was just a rookie, he was placed with a lot of the mid-card talent within WWE to try and get his experience up to scratch. And way back in the early days, two of these people were indeed the New Age Outlaws. So in 2001, when the Beast was brought on the road so that management could take a better look at him, he was in dark matches on the likes of Heat and Jacked. And yeah, he took on the one Billy Gunn and the ass man actually beat him. This happened again when Gunn was teaming with Chuck Palumbo, when that pairing would beat Brock Lesnar as he teamed up with Hugh Morris and Ron Waterman. And throughout all of that, Brock never had his hand raised. Now that did change in 2004, when Lesnar was an established star, as you may remember on one episode of SmackDown, he basically murdered Billy Gunn. I don't think he forgot. Number nine, Stevie Richards and Tommy Dreamer. Another untelevised match, but still, a win is a win, and a loss is a loss. But when Brock Lesnar and none other than Randy Orton were toiling away at OVW, once again they were brought up to the main roster so somebody could look at them. They were teamed against Stevie Richards and Tommy Dreamer and kind of incredibly the former ECW alumni won. This must have been their biggest WWE victory ever. It's so weird seeing Orton and Lesnar team together to begin with, especially because they look like children and also this loving didn't last very long. When Brock was on the main roster in 2002, he F5'd Randy in around about 37 seconds. Freeman versus Lesnar would also be a regular house show matchup, but by that point, Brock was winning all of them. Even when they were on TV for real and Tommy Dreamer had weapons, Brock still literally ate him alive. Obviously not literally. Number eight, Canyon. Chris Canyon was an underrated gem. The sheer lengths of his inspiration and talent sadly only came out when he did tragically pass away, but nearly everybody who came into contact with him in the wrestling industry went, oh man, Canyon is the best. After WCW was finished, WWE did pick up Canyon and he had an okay run there. I mean, he was the WCW United States champion and he was a tag team champion alongside DDP. 
And when the invasion angle came to an end, he found a new role, mostly helping new talent. One of these people was indeed Brock Lesnar, and they had loads of matches on the house show circuits, which Brock Lesnar mostly won. But then in October 2001, when they clashed for the last time, somehow, Canyon had his hand raised. The plan actually may have been to do more of these as well, but sadly, Canyon got injured soon afterwards. But once again, a win is a win. We ain't taking it away from him. Number seven, Albert. The 20th of November 2001, Sunday Night Heat, Brock Lesnar versus Albert. And who do you think won? already know because you know the title of the video but that's right it was indeed Albert. You can find this one online now should you so fancy but you still may be surprised when Albert hit his choke slam bomb thing onto Lesnar and gets the one two three but maybe just maybe WW officials knew they had something in Albert given that now he's the head trainer down in NXT so maybe he taught Brock Lesnar a thing or two. This continued as well when Albert and Scotty Too Hotty teamed up to take on Ron Worthman and Brock Lesnar a few months before Lesnar did make his big debut. But once again then, nobody was giving Brock anything and he lost. We soon forgot about this though because the leash was let off Lesnar and when he was on TV, he would often destroy Albert. But this wasn't the last time they met because they actually cast in New Japan for the IWGP Championship, which was the first time in years Two Americans had fought over that honor. Number six, Lance Storm. Lance Storm could and should have been used better in WWE. I mean, often thrown into comedy angles and at one point called boring, even though he wasn't boring, he is one of the best technical professional wrestlers ever. In 2002 though, when everything was calming down with the Alliance and the invasion, Lance Storm was paired with Brock Lesnar on the house show circuit to get him good and ready for TV. They worked three nights in a row during a house show loop and even though Lance Storm got victory in the first two, when it came to match number three, Lesnar got the victory. Storm has talked about this too and said that even though Brock Lesnar was so green, he was picking things up like crazy and that he was like a sponge in the sense you could teach him something and then eight seconds later he had it down. The only other thing he did note was that Lesnar was freakishly strong and yet at no point again despite his inexperience did he hurt Lance. I would have enjoyed a proper feud between these two as well, given that a lot of Brock Lesnar's best matches have been against smaller guys. Maybe one day, again in my dreams, this will happen. It's not going to happen. Number five, Spike Dudley. Spike Dudley knew how to make the most out of his size, despite being in the land of the Giants, because he was a European champion, he was a hardcore champion, he was a cruiserweight champion, and he was just a lovable underdog. It just worked. It was during a dark match in February 2002, when Brock Lesnar, who we know is massive, Team with Batista, who we know is massive, to lose to Spike Dudley and his partner Taz. Now these guys were the tag team champions at the time, but still, who would ever have thunk this? Lesnar got his week back a week before he did debut, where he basically absolutely squashed Spike Dudley. And if you remember when he made his debut proper, who was one of the people he powerbombed around about 72,000 times? That's right, it was Spike. Just to underline how crazy he was too, Spike in an interview admitted that at one time for a rib, he had, his words not mine, bitch slap Lesnar around just to see what he was gonna do. And if now we've been saying Brock then killed Spike Dudley, it wouldn't have been too much of a surprise before Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar were very good friends. Brock has said very openly that when Kurt Henning did pass away in 2003, it affected him greatly, and they shared a love for amateur wrestling and the fact they were both good old Minnesota boys. Before Perfect did tragically pass away, though, their paths did cross in 2002, 
And because Mr. Perfect had all the experience in the world and that's what Brock Lesnar needed, well, WWE threw them together and told Brock, hey, learn from this guy, he's one of the best. It was a dark match that went down in January of that year. And once again, if you go on the internet, you can find this. They would also clash twice more in February, with the final score being Mr. Perfect 2, Brock Lesnar 1. None of these can be described as their most famous clash, though, because that happened 40,000 feet up in the air when they decided to have a fate on an airplane during the infamous plane ride from hell. They also went crashing into the emergency door at one point. Can you imagine? Number three, Hugh Morris. The man who will forever be synonymous with Stone Cold Steve Austin looking at him and going, is it funny? Is it humorous? Hugh Morris in the early 2000s was a regular on the shows like Jacked and Metal and Velocity, wherever the hell's WWE used to call their B-shows. As we know, Hugh later on would go on to be a trainer with controversial results, but he must have shown something all the way back here too, because yes, he was paired with Brock Lesnar, and once more, was told to get him some more experience. The first of these came when, like we said earlier, the pair teamed to take on Billy and Chuck, and then they must have fallen out because of this, because a few days later, Hugh Morris actually beat Brock Lesnar. Now obviously events were very different at the time, but just the thought of this still makes me laugh. Hugh Morris, who now is doing whatever the hell he's doing, versus the guy who has got one of the most lucrative contracts in wrestling history. You may as well tell me that Mantor beat Brock Lesnar. Although honestly, if Brock Lesnar had come in in the mid-90s, there's every chance that could happen. Number two, the APA. This one isn't too shocking because Farouk and Bradshaw always used pretty well, and also, they were considered tough guys and gatekeepers to WWE, so most people had to pass through them. It meant on an episode of Heat in January 2002, Brock Lesnar and Ron Waterman were also put through this test, so Bradshaw and Farouk could say yay, or they could say nay. The rookies lost, obviously, and I suppose the fallout from this is that Brock got the thumbs up and Ron Waterman got the thumbs down, because by the time Brock was winning the WWE title from The Rock, Ron Waterman just got released. If you want to know the exact finish too, it was Waterman taking the clothesline from hell as Farouk and Brock Lesnar just battled it on the outside. As it turned out, they were going to meet soon again. This time, Brock Lesnar was teaming with the big show. And this wasn't much of a match, to be honest. They just all punched each other in the head for around about five minutes. Number one, Rico. Rico beat everyone. For example, in 2002, he scored a victory over Rick Flippin' Flair. And then he went and did it again when he beat Brock Lesnar. The two would often go at it because they were standouts down in OVW. And because Jim Cornette was the booker here and he took a liking to Rico, well, yeah, Rico won all the time. That meant in October 2001, the future hairdresser beat the future Universal Champion. When they were in dark matches on the main roster, management saw this very differently and Brock Lesnar would destroy Rico. But then when we were back on the other end, Rico would team up with Randy Orton and those two would beat Brock Lesnar and his long-term partner, Ron Ward. Just for some more weird trivia, Lesnar would then team with Shelton Benjamin to beat Rico on the prototype, and we all know who the prototype went on to be, none other than John Cena. Finally, whereas Rico was a three-time OVW champion, Brock Lesnar never won that title, so I think we can now safely say that Rico was far better than the Beast. Just nobody tell him, I like my head being attached to my body. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.